Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. My name is Lowell Berlanti, and I created the podcast Prodigy to study intelligence and expert performance by interviewing psychologists, scientists, and the prodigies themselves. Listen to Prodigy every Thursday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's showtime. 25 Broadcasting live from the personal injury law firm of Kaufman and Lind Studio. It's time to go in the zone with your host, Brandon Kravitz. My favorite part of the day, folks, we're here. It's 3 o'clock live in studio, Orlando's biggest, best, and only afternoon sports show. Brandon Kravitz here along with... The people's champion of radio, Stefan. That's it, baby. Be part of the show. Text in at 50857 on the Academy Sports and Outdoors text line on social at 96.9 The Game. And you can find our video stream on Facebook. While you're there, become a Zonehead, join our Facebook group, and be part of the daily fun and interaction. A lot to get to on the show today. Zach Blobner from WDAE in Tampa will join us to gloat about his Tampa Raptors and uh, talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well. We can't keep calling them that. They are that. <laughs> I know, but we've got to. We just do can't to do? do that. We've got to call them the Toronto Raptors in disguise or something. I don't know. I did throw this question out there on Twitter. You'd appreciate it because you love a good troll job. Oh, uh, yeah. What is the uh, which age average age is older a dinosaur or a, a Saint Pete resident? That was my, <laughs> my question. Uh, and I think I think Saint Pete resident actually wins. Yeah, I think so. Too. If you're doing the research on that, so um, anyway, a lot to get to on the show throughout the course of the day. Uh, there's a lot at stake on Saturday with the SEC title game. I'll get to that in a bit. About last night. So, almost the most epic fail of my career. Oh, my God. You're going to tell this story. Very, okay. Very close. <laughs> very, I, I, am, I pride myself on being open and honest with all of you of the things that go on in my life. Absolutely. As long as it doesn't you know, cross a line. Yeah. Well, I almost did yesterday. The, could you imagine if this had happened? So, I left the show 15 minutes early. It was our last commercial break. Yeah. I left, and then I called, and yep. you and I spoke. I was on the phone in the car on the way to the boss's house. Not That's the right. boss, the boss of the boss of the boss. Yeah, the the super boss. Like, this is the end of the video game boss. This is, <laughs> this is the big boss. This was a very exclusive event that I was privileged to be invited to, and um, I was of the belief that it started at 6 p.m., so I get there, I'm rummaging through traffic. Yeah. I'm getting through all that. I get there, pull up at exactly 6 o'clock. I'm a very prompt individual, yeah. Stefan. And we had the conversation yeah. as you were going about what if you're the first person that gets there because you're such a prompt individual. Yeah, and I was making because, good time when yeah. we were on the phone. Then I hit a little bit of traffic, so it actually turned out I pulled up right at 6. Yeah. 
And I was thinking, okay, maybe there'll be like, I just need one other car there. Maybe right. even someone waiting in their car yeah. for someone else to show up so you can walk in together, exactly. one of those. Exactly. You never want to be the first person at, at any party, but definitely not that party. Right. Well, I pull up, and there are no cars anywhere. Not in front of the house, not in the driveway. Uh-huh. And I go, oh, that's weird. So I was like, you know what? I'm here. I'm just going to. It is what it is. Right. I'll be the first one. Whatever. Yeah. It's the big deal. You know, the party's at six. I'm here. So I turn my car off. I'm about to open my car door, and I think, I better check the invitation again. <laughs> and thank goodness that I had that thought because it said seven. <laughs> And I'm sitting there at six, and I'm like, man, this was really... Could you imagine? Oh, my God. Your boss's house. Yes. You walk in an hour before the event starts. Hey, I'm here. You good? <laughs> oh. Yeah. I think I would have quit. I think I would have quit <laughs> on the spot. You would have resigned like, instantly. This is it for me. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That would have been that would have been a an unbelievably epic fail, especially like you said. This isn't just the boss. You were just talking to the boss outside down downstairs by the truck. This isn't just the boss. This is the boss's boss's boss. Like I said, this boss is so big that instead of calling this the Southeast Division, they just named it after her. <laughs> so you showing up while she's still, you know, making sure the catering is going right and right. getting her makeup done. Not going to be really good you for your... You may take the dog out while you're getting ready <laughs> since I'm here. So I just drove around. I got gas. You know, just like <laughs> it's even wasted an hour. <laughs> that was it. That would have you... been so unbelievably awkward, and I'm so glad that I saved myself. When you got back, were you still the first person, or was there somebody else there? I walked in with somebody else. Okay, I, was still pretty, I was still pretty early. But then, wait, there's more to this story. Because then, not only were you about to barge into a house ahead of time, right, and be unbelievably early early for this event, but you also ended up being the oldest person there because you were the first person to well, leave. Well, yeah, because I was there since six and nobody knew. I had, I had exceeded my out time. Everybody else... You did what they had to do. Got there at seven. I yeah. was there at six o'clock. So I, technically, I was the first to leave. I was also the longest there. There you go. Sort of. <laughs> so yeah, I know it felt weird being the. It's always weird at a company sort of event that's that's small enough where you have to say bye to everyone. You can't right. just slip out Irish goodbye and they'll yeah. just forget that I'm here. You know, I had to go through the. All right, hey, I'm heading out. So I'll see you. <laughs> fist bump. You know, you fist bump now. Yeah. And um, yeah. But I, I just, you know, I felt like it was one of those where, like, I was at, I was at that point. We had a couple of drinks where I'm like, I'm either here for the next two hours or I go now. It's time to There's go. no yeah. in between. Yeah, gotcha. So, Chargers Raiders tonight. Uh, your level of interest in this game, Stefan? On a scale of, well, let's go one to ten. It's one to standard. ten, probably a three. Yeah, I had yeah. a feeling you might say that. Yeah, and uh, I blame the Raiders for it's that. Totally their fault. Yeah. The Raiders should be one of those teams, and I think they're positioned as one of those teams that get presented to us every year, multiple primetime games. And I th- and we're like, at this point, we're tricked into believing that they're relevant. The black and silver, the yeah. mystique, John Madden, Al Davis, Kenny Stabler, the black hole. What have they actually done? What have they actually done since going to the Super Bowl in 2002 against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? 
Since then, would you like to take a guess as to how many times they've been to the playoffs? Um. Okay, so since 2002 against the Bucks, I would say five times? They have been one time. Wow. Since 2002. It was in 2016, and they lost in the first round. Of course. That was it. Yeah. That's the whole story. <laughs> since 2003, we'll give you another guessing game. Do you know how many times they've won five games or less Whoa. since 2003? The, way, the fact that there's a number to I this. was going to say, since this is a question, it tells me it's higher than I would have originally guessed. So since 2003? Since 2003, so 17 years. How many times have they won five games or less? Let's split it down the middle and go eight times. Eleven. Whoa. (laughs) Eleven times. So since 2003, so the year after they went to the Super Bowl, they've been to the playoffs once. They've won five games or less. That is the height of irrelevance when you can't even get past the five-win mark. The Dolphins were tanking last year and won five games. Wow. So that's a that's a terrible record. They've done it 11 times, and yet every single year you can count multiple Raider games yeah. in primetime spots. Why does this team continue to get primetime? And this isn't the first one they've had all year, and no. this game is in primetime, not because of Justin Herbert, not because of the L.A. Chargers. No. This game is on tonight. Because of the Raiders. Yeah. Why? Well, it's because they are trying to lure, they want the Raiders to be good enough to lure us in, right? So in every sport, whether it's basketball or hockey or baseball or whatever, baseball's got the Yankees and the Reds and these teams that have been around for so long and the Red Sox and they've got this prestige, right? Same thing in basketball. You got the Lakers and the Celtics and the Knicks and, you know, even the Heat over the past 20 years have kind of made their way into that name list of hot, you know, real brand teams for the league and in the nfl they want the raiders to be a brand team they want the raiders to be the cowboys the packers the raiders that's what they want and the raiders keep pooping on it every (laughs) single year because if you think about it the storyline's already set right you've got a quarterback that's been with you for a little while you've brought john gruden in he's gotten time to kind of get past all of the cobwebs and everything like that you've moved the team to vegas they've got this fantastic new stadium Mm -hmm. it's Everything that you're looking for, especially in a COVID-ridden season, it is primed for the Raiders and the Black and Silver to come in and be the new brand, the bad boy brand of the NFL. You know what I'm saying? You've got America's team. You've got Patriots, the team that everybody loves to hate. You've got the Packers, which is the traditional. It's time for the Raiders to step into their slot, and they just won't do it. And it's all phony. It's all. So I've developed a phrase for the, the Raiders, and they're not alone in this. But I think they might actually be at the top of the list. They are faux relevant. That is that that is the phrase for teams like the Raiders, where we get duped into thinking this is a team that we should care about nationally, right. and they're not. They are faux relevant. And that's I a think, word you came up with by yourself. Oh, I don't know that I. Nobody's can't. ever said that before. I do people say that? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. Of course they say it. I I'm don't not know. saying I invented the words. <laughs> I'm saying I mashed them together. There you go. And uh, you know whether I'm an inventor here or not, they are faux relevant. Yeah, and they're on the list with obviously the Cowboys. Yes, are that. I think the Browns are that. Oh yeah, where we're duped into thinking we should care about them every year, and the, this For year they're what? delivering. For what? You know the Giants. Oh, 
Actually, forget about the Giants. The Giants are, have earned it. They yeah, won the a Giants couple Super Bowls. Yeah. I think the Bears are on that list. The Bears are definitely on that list. So that to me, are, those are the those are the four teams that are at the the height of every year. We're told care about these teams, yeah. and they never deliver. Yeah, you know the way that the way that we would want teams in that primetime spot to deliver, and they're going to keep getting primetime games because they're going to get primetime games because. They Eventually, moved into a new stadium, and yeah. they've got Gruden and all this stuff. That when then they start playing football, and you're like, "Why is this team on my screen?" <laughs> That's it. That's how it goes. That's it. That's faux relevant. Something yeah. to think about. Around the corner, there's more than the SEC championship and a trip to the playoff that's up for grabs on Saturday when Alabama plays Florida. I'll explain what next. You're in the zone with Brandon Kravitz on FM 96.9 The Game. Twin Peaks is taking peak precautions to ensure their safety of their guests and team members. Twin Peaks offers contactless menu options, open-air seating, and regularly performs comprehensive cleaning and uh, sanitization to ensure that everybody remains health, uh, healthy and safe at their location. You can find their website, TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Don't forget Magic Drive Time tonight, special one-hour edition, 6 to 7 p.m. with Dante Marcatelli and Jake Chapman. And then we have tip-off of Magic versus Hornets at 7 p.m. We appreciate you hanging out with us. Text in at 50857 on the Academy Sports and Outdoors text line. Somebody points out that I opened the show by saying that we're the biggest we're the best, and we're the only sports talk yeah, afternoon show. Absolutely. The irony of calling yourself the biggest and the best <laughs> and the only, but it's I'm all about accuracy and credibility, and if I say we're the biggest and I say we're the best and I tell you that we're the only, everything I said is accurate. Exactly. And there's a reason that we're, it, the only leads back to being the biggest and the best. How do you think we became the only? That's a great point. By being the biggest and the best. So think about that, Scott. <laughs> he tagged him. I like when they tag their name at the end. Yeah. That way I can yell their name uh, when I'm upset. As a fellow Dolphins fan, I can't wait to see Kravitz gloat on Monday when Tua gets the W this weekend. You're damn right he's going to get the W this weekend. The Patriots. Who's worried about the Patriots these All days? All right. There's another team that said that a few weeks ago about the Patriots. <laughs> don't Don't rush to eat those W's. Brian Flores is is just going to coach circles around Bill Belichick, okay? Naps, yeah, that's what that. you should have said. Yeah, That's exactly what you should have said. I do think the Dolphins will win. Uh, somebody, I love when the people just throw random fantasy questions. Justin Herbert, Taysom Hill, or Jared Goff. Uh, Goff is playing the Jets. Herbert might be missing some weapons. Standard scoring league. I would still start Justin Herbert. He's the best of the bunch. I don't trust Taysom Hill. Not at all. And... Um, and Drew Brees might be back. We don't know for sure yet. Yeah. And Jared Goff could throw two passes, and they could beat the Jets. <laughs> so don't. Sometimes you get lulled to sleep by you're like, ah, oh, it's the Jets. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's how you just start this guy. That's you don't need to throw a lot of passes against you the really Jets. You really don't. You start all running backs against the Jets, though, because that's all you need to do. And I think Cam Akers is going to be in a huge blow-up spot. Let's talk some SEC football, shall we? A lot at stake on Saturday night. Alabama seventeen. They're up to seventeen points as a, as a favorite on Saturday night, and I still contend that if Florida wins, they get in. The committee will find a way to put. Florida into the college football playoff. They might even find a way to put Bama in there, too. Oh, for sure. Bama has... Bama's probably going to get in either way. I was going to say, has Bama lost the SEC championship and then not gone in with... I don't think so. I don't think so, either. If they did, it was because it would have been their second loss or something like that. But I don't think there's been a time where that's happened. Um, Were they last year? I'm trying to think of what they did last year. Yeah, I don't remember. No, they weren't in the. I'm sorry. No, they. Okay, they took me a second. They weren't in the SEC championship. So yes. Yeah. Every time they've been in, they've either won or they got in anyway. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that. So that's not happening. They're getting in anyway. The only thing is that there's the ACC's loaded up because Notre Dame's in the ACC this year, and so they're in the ACC championship game against a team that they already beat. So if they lose, you can make a case that Notre Dame should be in, too. So there is a glut at the top. They're blowing that out the water. I can guarantee you, if Notre Dame loses that game, Notre Dame will be ranked seventh by the time the next ranking comes out. They're going to be gone. Committee will be like, you remember Trevor Lawrence didn't play in that game. (laughs) So we're not really worried about that. Uh, But what's at stake is much more than just a college football playoff berth. It's the Heisman race. Kyle Trask looked to be the clear-cut frontrunner, but a bad performance against LSU, so that's no guarantee. You lose to Alabama. Not a lot of guys have a bad performance and a loss and then follow it up with another loss and then win the Heisman. Yeah. That's not usually how that process works. You're so I think if, if Kyle Trask, if the Gators lose, which they probably will, I don't think Trask is a Heisman. I don't think he wins. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't know if I think he wins even if they do win that game. Oh, if they beat Alabama, he's winning. You think so? Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Guaranteed? I will get if the Gators win. Not only I'll guarantee if the Gators win, this is how much is at stake in All this right. game. This is sort of the whole point is that if if the Gators win, I've said it all week. I think they're getting into the playoff. Right. But I also think it guarantees a Kyle Trask. So, Heisman. is there any space in your in your mental faculties that says? Trevor Lawrence beats Notre Dame, something he didn't get an opportunity to do, and then back-to-backs the Heisman. Nope. No. Gotcha. Okay. No, I don't I don't think he's played enough games. I All think right. the same thing for Justin Fields. Justin Fields is on the list. Yeah, Justin he hasn't Fields played. played two and a half games. <laughs> Roundabout. Yeah. That's, that's, almost, that's almost accurate. Uh, Mac Jones is somebody else that's on the list. And so he's a quarterback at Alabama. He's right there in the Heisman race. And he was okay the last time he played. Bama scored 52 points in their last game against Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And this was his stat line 24 of 29, 208 yards passing, no touchdowns. Two, yeah, that's, two that's, yards rushing. That's not going to get it. That's not going <laughs> to get it, my friend. But he's been, he's put up these monster stats. 
largely because he's just sort of delivering the ball to guys that are going to get drafted in the first round this year. Right. So he could kind of trip into a Heisman. Whoever wins, it's tripping into it. Yeah. But I think I think there's even more something more significant on the line for the from the SEC in this championship game, even beyond the Heisman. And I believe that's going to be, and of course, it's probably going to find itself only in our conversations in sports talk radio, right? But I think that's going to be the integrity of the college football playoff system, all in all. Because if we're looking at if Florida wins that game and gets in, and Alabama gets in, and then we're looking at you know either Clemson or Notre Dame, can Notre Dame beat Clemson and Clemson be out? Seriously? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they, I think they have to be. But, but if Bama loses, they're in. That I can't see because they're they have... going to hold. The Trevor Lawrence factor is going to be a part of it. They're going to say Trevor Lawrence didn't play, so that game doesn't count. <laughs> basically, I mean, they basically are already saying that. Yeah. yeah. So now the integrity of the whole system, which it doesn't hold much anyway, I think is in jeopardy because. Them putting Florida and Alabama into this four-team playoff, washing either Clemson or Notre Dame, and then adding Ohio State, which we still believe they're going no, they, to yeah, do. They will. If you Notre Dame, yeah, that I think that's how it'll play out. If so, let's are we going on the assumption that Florida wins? Yes. Okay, so Florida beats Alabama. It's a good game. Florida beats Alabama. Then I think both Florida and Alabama are in. Ohio State beats Northwestern, which they will. Yeah. Ohio State is guaranteed, and they've been trying to keep them there the whole time. And then obviously the winner of the ACC championship is in, and that's the college football playoff. So do you think it works the other way around? If Alabama wins, Florida's out, right? Yeah, for sure. Does that mean that we now insert Ohio State and then both Clemson and Notre Dame get to get in no matter who loses? Probably. Okay. Which is where, if you're Cincinnati, you're like, why are we not? Can we at least, can you pretend, can you at least pretend that we're involved in this discussion? Yeah, because on either side, no matter who loses, they're going to get in. You know what I mean? And that's where I think, especially with the Florida, the Florida, Alabama aspect, I think the college football playoff committee is always more likely to put two SEC teams in than anything else. And I think that in this particular season has more of an opportunity to disrupt the integrity of the whole thing because you're looking at all of the factors of how many games and how many this and how many players and COVID aspects and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot at stake this Saturday with these championship games. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, the uh, breakdown in Vegas for the odds for Heisman right now, Mac Jones is considered the favorite at minus 200, followed by Kyle Trask at plus 250. And there's a sleeper, and this is another thing that's at stake with this SEC title game, is Devontae Smith is actually third on the list. If he goes berserk, wow. maybe he actually jumps. And he could... There are three guys that are playing on Saturday night that will be jockeying for position in the Heisman race. And I don't think it's clear cut right now. So I'm look, that's a big game on a huge stage and people still haven't submitted their votes. Yeah. I think that game, that game's most outstanding performer between those three players will be your Heisman. Do you hold fast that this Heisman winner must get a paperweight size Heisman trophy? Tiny, no matter who it is, little league trophy. (laughs) Absolutely. 
the mini the mini Heisman. Was the Bucks win on Sunday enough to restore confidence of our friends at Pro Football Focus? We'll find out next. Don't be fantasy football guy. I can't take any more of this guy. Be fantasy football god. Get all the best info right here on In the Zone. Chargers Raiders tonight, some AFC West action on a Thursday with no Tuesday night football this week. I feel like I haven't watched the NFL in decades. Let's chat about it with this man, Sam Monson, NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus at PFF.com, co-host of the PFF NFL podcast. Sam, we appreciate you filling in for Austin Gale once again. Sure. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Let's start with tonight's game. The uh, Raiders uh, were looking like one of those teams that was turning the corner. They've now lost three of their last four, and that one win was against the Jets. What happened, and and what is this team really? Yeah, and probably tossed away their best hope of making the playoffs because of that bad run. Um, Really, their defense has been the thing that let them down. I know their offense cooled off over that period as well. You know, against the Falcons, they were pretty well eliminated but the problem has been on defense Uh, the offense is by and large held up his its end of the bargain and looked pretty good most of the time Um, Derek Carr I think is the second best graded quarterback in the NFL on third downs they've been doing a good job but the defense can't stop anybody they can't rush the passer they can't cover anybody on the back end and those are some pretty big problems for defense in 2020 when you know NFL offenses are exploding and just putting up points and yards across the board and it's been getting steadily worse over the past couple of seasons. This defense is heading in the wrong direction, despite a pretty significant amount of resources being thrown at it when it comes to the draft in particular. How much of that do you put on John Gruden? It's such a big name, and that was a big hire, massive contract. Is he an elite-ish coach at this stage in the game? I mean, ultimately it comes down on him because he's the head coach, but he's an offensive mind um, at heart. You know, most of what John Gruden has always done has been on the offensive side of the ball. And as I said, that side has been holding up its end of the bargain. It's been doing a good job. And using our kind of play-calling metrics, John Gruden's actually one of the, the better offensive minds in the NFL this season. The issues have been on defense, and, you know, the Raiders have kind of, pointed their finger at who they believe the issue was when they made a move in and firing their defensive coordinator last week. Um, but ultimately, you know, this is John Gruden's responsibility as the head coach. It just remains to be seen whether that kind of move will actually change the direction of things for the team. A question we've asked a couple of times since the draft, I'll pose to you. If you could choose between the two right now with everything that we have at our disposal, everything we know, are you taking Justin Herbert over Tua? Yeah, yeah. I think Justin Herbert over Tua, given what we've seen from them both, is not a wild take anymore. I think Tua was the right call before the draft. Um, even with the injury history, I think he was a much safer pick. But we've seen Justin Herbert just dramatically exceed all expectations. And I know a lot of what he's done has been unsustainably good in that he's been exceptionally good at the areas of quarterbacking play that we know are not stable year to year, that we know um, regress from one extreme to the other, whether it's a really high level back into something more modern or whether it's a a particularly bad level up to something more sensible. Um, So I I don't know that we'll see him play this incredibly well all the time, but he's already kind of answered a lot of the questions people had about him as a prospect 
a draft time. And Tua has been, I guess, as expected so far, which is to say you don't usually expect that much from most rookie quarterbacks, even first-round guys. Um, but I think you have to lean towards Justin Herbert, given what we've seen from both guys at this point. We're talking to Sam Monson, NFL analyst at Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. Jalen Hurts put together an impressive first outing with the Eagles. Do we now have enough evidence to support that Doug Peterson is just simply a better football coach when Carson Wentz is not his quarterback? Um, I think that's a little bit reductive, uh, but I think clearly benching Carson Wentz right now was the right move. Um, if only for Carson Wentz's sake, you know, whatever his long-term prospects are, him trying to carry on the way he was playing was not helping anything. It wasn't helping the offense. It wasn't helping him and his long-term future. He was just getting further and further down this path that is not going anywhere productive. And he was just becoming more of a broken quarterback by the week. So sitting him down, I think, was the right move for his future. It's the right move for the Eagles' future. Um, and not necessarily because they're going to go to Jalen Hurts, a quarterback, but because that's the only way of recovering Carson Wentz is to have this hard reset of sitting him down and trying to build him back up from, you know, piece by piece. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know that Jalen Hurts is the answer or a silver bullet to anything that ails them, but clearly Carson Wentz was, you know, just playing at such a level that everything else around him was also going to struggle. Do you believe that he can be revived, or do you think this is kind of just what he is at this point, that the book is out on Carson Wentz and he's just not that good anymore? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I can think of quite a lot of quarterbacks that, you know, somewhere along the line became broken from a, a fundamental standpoint, and it's very hard to think of many that were then pieced back together again and became good players after that happened. You know, Wentz looks really bad right now in terms of every element of his process is off and not functioning and just causing problems across the board you know maybe you can tear that down and start over brick by brick and from day one again but i don't even know if that's possible in today's nfl where you have limited practice time and you know you don't get an endless uh sequence of of time and practice sessions to to work on things like that. So it's going to be a hell of an undertaking for them to try and piece him back together, given how badly things are going right now. A couple more things for you. Did the Bucks do enough in their win over the Vikings to restore any lost confidence that you might have had with that team? No, it's not their fault, but I, I just don't think the Vikings challenged them enough for you to learn anything necessarily out of that game. Uh, it said more about Minnesota's deficiencies than it did anything to do with the Bucks. They did what you would expect, which is to beat a team that can't rush the passer, push Tom Brady four times all game long, can't really cover that well in the back end. Um, so uh, we're going to learn about the Bucks when they have to. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. 
And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Face teams that can cause them problems um, on defense, on their side of the ball, and see if they actually have answers for the things that are throwing at, thrown at them the way they didn't when they faced the Saints or teams like that. Uh, I just don't think Minnesota had enough in their defensive arsenal for us to learn that much about the Bucks' offense. Two teams that have beaten the Bucks this year face each other, the Chiefs and the Saints. This might be the game of the year, a preview of the Super Bowl perhaps. Do you think the Saints have what it takes to really, if both teams are playing at their best, do you think the Saints have enough to really compete with what Kansas City brings to the table? Probably not with Taysom Hill at quarterback, and I think that's the big issue is that the Saints playing at their best doesn't involve Taysom Hill being on the field as their starting quarterback, but that's the situation they're probably going to be in while Drew Brees still works his way back from the 11 broken ribs. You know, if they're going to win, if they're going to hang with the Chiefs, I think it's going to be by executing these long, meticulous, painful drives to take up 10, 15 minutes of game clock um, each drive. And that's the only way I think that they can limit the damage that the Chiefs are going to do. I think they should have some success with their defense, at least slowing down Kansas City. But at some point, you need to try and you know match them on offense or just keep them off the field and you know execute a painstaking drive yourself, which means that when you do steal a, a drive here or there by forcing Kansas City to punt or by getting a turnover, you know it, it's actually it actually matters because now you're really uh, reducing the amount of drives in the game by just keeping your offense on the field and theirs off it. Yeah, we saw that with the Miami Dolphins. They were able to do what they needed to do and then weren't able to capitalize, and the Chiefs go on and win that game. Sam Monson, NFL analyst at PFF.com, co-host of an incredible podcast, uh, updated every week, PFF NFL Podcast. Go and check it out wherever podcasts are found. Thanks so much, Sam. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. More in the zone after this. In the Zone with Brandon Kravitz. The one thing that's just as exciting as Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey leaps! Tomorrow morning, Buddy Claw's coming to town. I have uh, plans tomorrow morning. I'm going to be out and about early. Yeah? You know, usually not out of the house that early, but uh, I'll be down there. Open mic starts at 6, as it usually does, but the Buddy Claw's is coming to town. Holiday special starts in earnest at 7 a.m., and I'll be down there at the Academy Sports and Outdoors location by Millennia starting around that time, and then I think the mayor, I mean... Santa Claus right, right. is going to make an appearance closer to like 8.30. You know what you're going to be doing tomorrow morning, right? Getting the mayor coffee. <laughs> 
I was saying, oh. I was going to say spreading Christmas cheer, but yeah, oh, more okay. likely you're going to be getting the mayor coffee. I could get him a peppermint mocha, and I could I could accomplish both of those things <laughs> at once. <laughs> there you go. I bet the mayor likes peppermint mochas. You think so? I think yeah. Okay, he looks like a peppermint mocha guy. I, I and would, I mean that as a compliment. I definitely want to know now if Mayor Buddy Dyer drinks peppermint mocha. Well, I'm going to do this tomorrow. Now that we're talking about it, I'm going to go up to Mayor Dyer and I'm going to say. Would you like me to get you Starbucks? I'm specifically going to say, not would you like coffee? Right. Because that'll make me sound like an intern. <laughs> you you yes. know, you call out a particular location. <laughs> would you like me to get you Starbucks? Yeah. And then I'll see what he wants. Okay. Since you're wearing a Santa outfit, perhaps a holiday, and I'll kind of lean him in that direction yeah. and see if he takes the bait yeah. on it. It's going to be like, no, kid, I want some tea. Thanks. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> and why are you wearing that weird outfit? I do have an elf costume, so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I was waiting come on, for. Man, I'm festive. There we go. 50857 on the Academy Sports and Outdoors text line, and we answer this fantasy question. You guys just throw fantasy questions in the middle of the show. I love it. You're the fabulous fab. Infallible fabulous fab. <laughs> Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Cam Akers, Bench One. There's some really good running backs. You can't get away from Cam Akers, especially not with this matchup against the Jets. David Montgomery. Used to bore me to tears, and now he's a man on a mission. You can't bench him right now. And I love Alvin Kamara in that matchup. Saints-Chiefs, I want all of that I can take. Anybody I can get out there in that game, I think is going to be great. Josh Jacobs, did you see what he did to fantasy owners? <laughs> yeah, I did. Hey, I I'm did. active, but I'm not playing, and then he played. Yep, he And sure it would have been so much worse if he had had a good game, but he didn't. He wasn't even good, so if he didn't play him, it actually worked out for you. Let's get to some other stuff. Um, This says here, other stuff. Real quick, did you answer the question from the text line? That was the, oh, yeah, well, sorry. No, I didn't answer it, did I? My God. Well, I think I kind of implied it. Right, you did. I talked about the guys that I liked, and then I said Josh Jacobs kind of burned you last week. Can't okay. trust Josh Jacobs. Go. I don't trust it. any report that I see now. It's all fake news, from gotcha. what you see. So bench Josh Jacobs. That's there my answer. Go. So today on other stuff, uh, I was looking around, and I noticed that the Powerball is now up to $304 million, and Mega Millions is up to $310 million. And, you know, because we are the betting kind of guys that we are, I don't touch lottery winnings until it's somewhere around $300, million, Isn't because it funny how we do that? It is hilarious how we do that. Because what's the point? I, who wants to win $6 million? Losers. Like, is that even, worth my, is that even worth my $3 ticket? I don't even think it is. It's Loserville. <laughs> Small-minded mentality. So I ran across a couple of stories about lotteries because, you know, Google said you looked at something about the lottery. So here's a bunch of lottery stuff. Um, and so I found this one story where this guy had been playing the lottery for years, right? 16 years he had been playing the lottery day after day, week after week, week after week. The one day him and his buddy were actually playing and they had decided, you know, coworkers, we're going to be lottery buddies, right? The one day they go to a new store to buy their ticket, $650,000 they hit. They've been buying from the exact same store every day, every week for 16 years. They changed to go to a different store one time. They win $650,000. 
And what is the lesson here, folks? Switch it up. Yes. Okay? Absolutely. That's my fear in becoming lottery guy, is that once you start playing every day, you can't take a day off. Because that's the day that you would have won. Right. And then you also get into, especially if you're a sports guy, you get into the ritualistic, you know... uh, Pick the same numbers. Gotta pick the same numbers. You You gotta stick with your thing, like... Imagine yeah. the feeling of I play every day, and then you take a Thursday off, and and then you see all your numbers pop up. Oh my up. God, I would blow my brains out. It would be crazy. That's why I don't want that. Not to be outdone, a guy in North Carolina also hit the lottery, but he did it a little bit more strategically. After going to forty stores in four hours, this North Carolina man struck gold. Kevin Clark of Chandler, North Carolina, played a hunch when he went on a journey to find the last top prize, a $5 million cash scratch-off ticket. He said he had a feeling that the winning ticket was going to be in the western part of the state. He went to 40 different stores and bought up every $20 ticket in each one of those stores until he hit gold. Wow. That's how you do it, folks. you got to play the numbers. <laughs> Because, but think about it like this: if and you're you really, trust your gut. yeah, if you're really trying to win, right? Yeah. And this is the problem that most of us can't afford more than ten dollars in lottery tickets. That's why that's how they get you, right? Sure. But you think about twenty dollars a ticket. If he ran through ten grand, that's not worth a five million dollar payoff. Absolutely, your chances are still pretty minuscule. Oh, absolutely. But hey, spin the dice. That's why they call it gambling. That'd be a fun way to spend the day. Just travel around to different gas stations buying up lottery tickets. <laughs> Worst ways to spend your time. And you can listen to us while you do it. There you go. And if you if you do this and win, you better call in and say thank you and cut us something. We send both have ca- we both have the cash app. Yeah. You can send it to her. Yeah, we will take your donations. Shameless here. <laughs> Stick around, get the latest in the NFL with Westwood One's NFL Network update. Four o'clock hour. Zach Blobner set to join us in a matter of moments. Stick around, we're back in less than two minutes. Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The NFL is one step closer to adding a 17th game to future regular season schedules. Owners at Wednesday's virtual league meeting, however, decided not to vote on it for now, but they did agree that the additional game would be an interconference matchup based on divisional standings from the previous season. Meanwhile, the Saints Wednesday officially designated Drew Brees to return from injured reserve. Head coach Sean Payton also remaining cautious, saying that Breeze still has a ways to go. The 41-year-old QB has been sidelined with rib and lung injuries since Week 10. Washington quarterback Alex Smith on Wednesday calling his calf injury from last Sunday a freak thing, adding that it was unrelated to the broken leg he suffered back in 2018. Elsewhere, Buccaneers running back Ronald Jones and Ravens wideout Marquise Brown both were placed on the reserve COVID list. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. F Knights. Welcome back to In the Zone. Always two steps ahead. Previewing the games and storylines you care about. Let's head back to the studio to get the latest from Brandon and Stefan. Double your money and make a stack. I'm on the next one. 
the biggest, best, and only sports talk afternoon show here in the city. Beautiful Brandon Kravitz along with the people's champion of radio, Stefan. Become a zone head on Facebook if you want to join the convo while we're on the air and while we're off the air. Still to come in the hour, Evan Fitzgerald from Fox 35 drops by. We'll get into uh, some NBA stuff. I'm in a fantasy draft tonight, and I'm trying to figure out how long I'm actually going to care about my own fantasy basketball team. Speaking of fantasy, the uh, Fantasy Fix rolls on this Sunday, live from our at-home studios in Tampa and Orlando, 10 to 11 a.m. My partner in crime, Zach Blobner, joins us now to chat about all things fantasy football, Tampa, and more. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, man. Feeling good. Uh, it's 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 weird. It's December. It's mid-December, and... Uh, it's actually I don't know how it is in Orlando. It's nice out in Tampa Bay. Like it's it's why we're in Florida. Well, it's kind of yeah. It was uh, like one of those where the rain was bringing the cold. So kind of uh, I would say a nasty morning. Not pleasant. I don't like cold. You ra- say cold, cold rain. But there's blizzards up north right now. Well, I'm not up north. Okay, I have Florida blood now. <laughs> I haven't lived up north since I was seven. Uh, but on a more positive note, hey, um, a congratulations is in order for our man Zach Blobner. He is now engaged. Yeah, man. So congratulations, uh, man. You know, that was the main fantasy title I was looking for this year. It was a, a fantasy relationship. And I turned it into a real-life thing. <laughs> and uh, thank God she said yes, but thanks a ton, man. No, it's, um, you know, it's been a really weird year. Not to kind of go on to a tangent about 2020, we all certainly know the hurdles that have been put in front of each of us uh it's not been an easy year per se for anybody on any level of any industry but uh i've been very blessed and very fortunate in multiple ways this year none of which are bigger than uh my my now fiance uh, at the time my girlfriend saying yes and we got a wedding to plan now well you're a very lucky man i can't say the same for ariel but you are very <laughs> you're a very lucky man so uh, congratulations. Wrong, bro. Uh, you Thank mentioned you. yeah, you mentioned how weird of a year it's been. One thing that I started thinking about the other day, I'm starting to dread that Facebook memory that's going to pop up on January 1st where oh, I where no. I've been telling people how, t- how 2020 is going to be this oh, that no. and, and all the things that it wasn't, you know. But I say that's why I'm glad to see that you've had a very unique year. You and I have uh, become close over the course of this year personally and professionally. And uh, and I've seen the trials and the tribulations, and so to cap it off with an engagement is where like I'm like, all right, you know, he's he's closing out the year the way that a lot of us should. Doesn't mean you need to get on a knee and propose to somebody, but whatever your version of that is, just close out the year strong because that's what my, that's what my man Zach did. A B C, Brandon, always be closing whether it's in relationships <laughs> or fantasy football or the NFL playoff picture, whatever you do. You finish strong, baby, and that's, that's right. what we're here to help you do. Well, I'm uh, I'm going to get down on one knee and propose to Jonathan Taylor after <laughs> the performance he put in. My God, he has yeah, arrived, man. Montgomery, two, my two, the guys that have burned me more in the last year, and Montgomery now every year that he's played have burned me in fantasy. But Montgomery and Taylor are two of the best running backs in fantasy right now. And we talked about it, Brandon. You turned the corner here late in the season. You. We, we always say, like, oh, trust your studs, trust your studs. There are some guys that are just so hot right now, not just Taylor, on that Colts offense. T.Y. Hilton, we talked about him. He's on a bender, yeah, a fantasy is. bender. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Play him. Put him in. Yeah, you can actually, I can, for the first time all year, um, this is a guy I was confident in dropping not too many weeks ago. And now he's putting in multiple performances where he's getting up into the 20s. He's now had three weeks of consistency. So he is somebody that I have to get on board with. I'm not as confident in the Steelers wide receivers, which is a group that we've talked about a lot throughout the course of the season. They have a case of the dropsies. Big Ben's looking old. I know They have a great matchup, though. So this is going to be a really tough week of evaluation for whether or not you should start your Steelers wide receivers. And I'm already getting a ton of texts and tweets about that. Uh, should I start Juju? Should I start Deontay Johnson? Because they're playing Cincinnati. The matchup is easy, but everybody's been pretty bad. Juju was startable last week, but for the most part, that passing offense has stalled. Yeah, and ironically, the guy I trust the least by far is Claypool. Uh, That's why I didn't even bring him up. Like You can't even begin to start him anymore. (laughs) He's not playing. Obviously, James Washington also in that boat. Uh, For Deontay and for Juju, though, I think they're very startable still. I think Juju's actually going to be fired up. You know, I keep up with a lot of the sports talk in Pittsburgh, and there's this whole thing being made about him, quote-unquote, dancing on the Bills logo pregame. But he does pregame warm-ups at midfield of every stadium forever since he's been in the league. It wasn't personal. He wasn't trying to, like, dance on their logo. He just dances in general when he likes to do it at midfield pregame. He's under the gun. I think Juju's actually in line, and he's a guy that finds a way into the end zone quite often. I'm playing Juju this week confidently, and Deontay Johnson just because he's the best receiver on the team all the way around, period. Uh, I'm playing both those guys this week. Uh, my bigger concern is Roethlisberger. I mean, it's I know you talked about the drops, and that's certainly not helping. Um, and if you can't balance it with some running attack, it makes the receivers – less viable because there's more pressure on them and the defense can really have some guys sit back and help in coverage. But I like Deontay and Juju this week. I'm still okay with starting both of them. If I have to pick one, I'd probably go Juju, like I said, just from the the confidence level alone right now. What about these Bucks pass catchers? Godwin, two catches, 25 yards last week. He'd been the model of consistency. Now you can't trust him. Antonio Brown's been all over the place. Mike Evans Mm -hmm. is so touchdown dependent. And he's been like that all year long. It's hard to get away from him, but I mean, I just don't know what you do with these guys. It's a similar situation. Man. Yeah, and, and look, it, it looks like Ronald Jones isn't going to be able to go uh, Sunday against a bad, bad Atlanta team. So Does that even mean we're firing he, up Fournette? Here's the thing. You can use Fournette. I don't know if I quote-unquote fire him up. Like This is a guy who obviously was a healthy scratch last week because the Bucks don't think he's got the juice. They don't think he's that guy anymore. And honestly... Watching the film, his vision is atrocious these days. Like, he couldn't see a hole that's, you know, the Red Sea parted by Moses if it was in front of him <laughs> at this point. So, uh, for me, yeah, if you just want to talk a bulk standpoint and, like, you need to take a flyer on a guy and you got Road or uh, Fournette on your bench, he's going to probably get the majority of carries. I think they're going to just pass more, to be honest. I think they're going to do a lot more passing. 
Antonio Brown shown that like his bulk, his value was in bulk targets, right? Just getting a bunch of those. That's out the window. You can't start him. I don't trust Scotty Miller. He's a one trick pony. Evans and Godwin are still very startable. And I know that last week wasn't great for either of those cats, but look, if you drafted them, you probably took them to be your wide receiver one. Maybe you got another guy ahead of them and they're your wide receiver two. I don't care. They're studs. They're stars. Evans and Godwin, I'm firing up. I'm not touching Antonio uh, or Scotty this week. Not to say those guys won't score, but it's a bigger gamble in my opinion. Okay, well then let's bring this wide receiver conversation back home. Would you start T.Y. Hilton over all Bucks pass catchers? No. Wow. Uh, I, I think I would. I, I I would still start Mike Evans over him. Um, here's the thing. And, and again, it's, it's tough, man. There's so many games. We watch Red Zone, right? Like on the I watch the Bucks game because I'm here in Tampa Bay, but you got Red Zone on the side, and Red Zone's only showing the scoring plays. So you're like, man, where the hell's Mike Evans? But then I looked to the TV next to me on Sunday last week, and he's getting pass interference calls. He's, you know, he's trying to get open. Brady's looking for him. That's still his option one. And he's a good enough receiver that he's going to find space, especially against these Atlanta DBs. So I think even though the, the stats don't show that Evans had a big game last week, he helped, he helped Scotty Miller get open. Brady was looking for Evans on the bomb to Miller last week. So, And there was another pass interference play that could have been a touchdown for Evans. Um, I, I, I still really like Mike. Now, T.Y. and Godwin, I think there's a conversation there. Godwin's had his, his hand issue. He had surgery. He had pins in it. He's doing all kinds of things. He's another guy that I, I like Godwin because of the bulk, the targets, right? Mm-hmm. But T.Y. is getting both of those in Indianapolis at the moment. So if I were ranking them right now, I'd probably go Mike, T.Y., Godwin, uh, especially if I had all three on my team. You know, I don't want to hedge my bets by playing both Bucks receivers. I get a Colts guy uh, in the mix as well. Fantasy Fix from 10 to 11 a.m. on Sunday. Zach, before we let you go, uh, a couple of other thoughts. Fans in attendance for uh, Tampa Raptors games, so that's exciting that you guys – you guys can actually go and support your hometown team. We the South, baby, and we coming for you, Orlando. I see we got a back-to-back with the Magic midseason. Y'all are in Tampa. We're in Orlando. I thought UCF, USF, the war on I-4 was wild, but we're about to get hooped up. I'm pumped, Brandon. I'm legitimately excited. I'm actually, so I'm filling in an afternoon drive tomorrow here in Tampa Bay. Oh, but I, nice. have this whole se- I have this whole segment revved up. Because they raised the Raptors 2019 championship banner at Amelie, and they raised it literally like right next to the two retired jerseys of Benny LeCablier and Martin St. Louis for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I am like, I have no issue raising the banner for the time being at Amelie, but you can't put it next to these two cats' retired jerseys. <laughs> what are you doing? Put it on the other side or something. Hey, if you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly bear. You guys are going all in. <laughs> That's and we're it. coming for the magic. Let's go, baby. This is so obnoxious. <laughs> I don't know why I hate this so much, but I just do. I just feel it in my bones. This was like our one thing that we had. And <laughs> I'm gonna get worse. I'm gonna get so much worse. Like I mean, we're allowed. Fan, hey, fans are allowed at games. Like I'm gonna be out at some NBA games because look, the NHL is aiming for a mid-January start. I don't mm. think it's realistic. Baseball still a ways away. Uh, the Bucks are obviously doing their thing, which is exciting. But right now, for me, the, that the hottest ticket in town is the Raptors ticket. They sold out within like 20 minutes on Ticketmaster of their allotted um, amount for opening night, uh, opening tip-off. And I, I'm pumped, man. There's some good teams coming to town. But none more than the Orlando Magic. Back to back. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Has there been has there been any conversation? Is this sounds like something we would do in our business? So this is your world living in Tampa. Has this topic popped up that this is an opportunity to show the NBA that you guys could house an NBA team? 
Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, it's not realistic, but it's a fun conversation. Like if, if you're able to sell out those games and you're able to be passionate, it's fantastic, but it's a pop-up store, right? Like people that come out and show up and support a pop-up store in your local community, like that, that's not symptomatic of what would happen potentially if that pop-up store became a retail store and stuck around day to day to day to day, week to week. Um, so I think that we have this fun conversation of we could be an NBA town too, but for me, it's more so, listen, if we get the support here for the NBA, we already know it's there for the lightning. We know it's there for the bucks and the NFL. That's just another piece to the puzzle for the argument of moving baseball from St. Pete to Tampa. And that argument so far down the road, it's probably also a waste of our time here in Tampa Bay. But I do think it adds another caveat to the conversation. Interesting. I think there are a lot of wrinkles there, but we'll table it for now. Catch us on Sunday, 10 to 11 a.m. on the Fantasy Fix. And Zach, you can find him tomorrow afternoon, 95.3 WDA. Don't listen to it because you listen to us, but (laughs) just in case you're in the area. Thanks so much, Zach. The Raptors are coming for you, Orlando Magic. It's going down. And we cut him off. We cut his microphone off. At Zach on the mic if you want to follow more of his obnoxiousness. Up next, American Athletic Conference Commissioner Mike Oresco finally doing what's right. We'll chat with Evan Fitzgerald from Fox 35 about that and more. Stick around. It's time for In the Zone to get their party on. Evan Fitzgerald from Fox 35 joins the show now for some club-level action. Turn down the Evan Fitzgerald, Fox 35 sports anchor. Find him on the Sports Zone weeknights at 11.20 p.m. Evan, are we buddy clausing tomorrow or what? That's what you do, isn't it? That's what I mean. That's what we're doing, and I have a I have an extra elf costume. If you're interested, uh, let me consider it. What size? Uh, one size fits all. <laughs> that's what they all say. <laughs> uh, it's an elf costume, so I imagine it's going to be small. But it um it you basically got it was the options were regular and extra extra large, so. I went regular. That's probably a smart move. Although, would an extra, extra large elf just be a regular-sized person? Yeah. I don't think that's a costume for an actual elf, though. So this is so that a normal person can dress like an elf. So I'm assuming, but I guess we'll find out when we put them on. Because you're, you're, you're going to do that for us. I'm really hoping you're wrong. Uh, are you with me that the Raiders are the most faux-relevant team in the NFL where we're forced to act like we care about the Raiders every year. There's a select, there's like a handful of teams in the NFL that fit that category where we're told that they're interesting and relevant and then they kind of wet the bed every year. Yeah, and I think it it actually is a little different now because of the Gruden factor too, right? So you had all the hype and and then it was sort of, you know, the air came out of the balloon real quick, but then... Uh, you know, this year it looked like maybe you know, they figured things out and then back to, you know, reality. I mean, I, I wasn't a huge Gruden fan for this sort of iteration of, uh, of his career to start with. I haven't necessarily seen anything that's changed my mind yet, so that's where I'm at. Uh, if I gave Evan, if I gave Evan the power and you could change the college football playoff, what would you do with that distinction? Oh, man, you mean so just tear it down and start over? Uh, Yeah, I mean, you can kind of, like, change it to where 
it is what it is right now, and you're making modifications to it. So, yeah, something like that. So, I can I add teams, or are we just? Yeah, yeah, you can add. You can add teams. I would add four. It seems to be the popular opinion. Would you make select qualifiers, or would it just be let's add four and let's still try and get the uh, let's try and get the best teams in there? I mean, I, I like I, I tried to go back and find times when I didn't think somebody outside of the top eight. Uh, Really had it, or that I did think somebody outside the top eight really legitimately had a chance to win a national title, and you know, that's where the Power Five stuff, you know, obviously comes into play. Um, so I don't know. I, w- I would have to sort of noodle on that a little bit. I think most of the time that if you had eight, you you have a group of the, the teams that have an actual legitimate chance to win a national championship. If you put them all in together, drop the football, and say let's kick off and play. I don't think it's very often that the ninth, 10th, 11th team in the country really has a legitimate chance, not to say that it doesn't ever happen. So how much do you want to play around with it for, you know, once every five, six, seven years when you have those exceptions? You know, the UCF system yeah. was and they were undefeated. I don't know, and I, and I don't know. It's sort of a balancing act, right? Because if you, if you make it so that, let's say, the best group of five teams has to get in every single year, well, there are going to be a lot of years where they get just whacked, you know, and it's a non-competitive game. Yeah. Evan, we're going to have to let you go. I'm getting a, a rough connection there. Uh, Evan Fitzgerald, Fox 35. Catch him on the Sports Zone weeknights at 11:20 p.m. I think he was just leaning out the window, yelling at us <laughs> into some microphone that was connected into the studio. Well, it's like Zach said. I mean, it is really nice outside. Yeah. So I understand the desire for, you know, that fresh air. We get we get the weather like this so infrequently yeah. in Orlando. It was actually a part of what I was going to get into in the next segment. We got our final four things to wrap up the 4 o'clock hour, but uh, I'll dive into it right now. It's, the question that I asked Evan is if if the power was in your hands, Okay, so we're all complaining about the college football playoff. Right. What would you do? So it's easy to complain, and we can do that. We can vent about it. We don't like it. This is what's wrong with it. But, okay, now let's play the game. The power is in your hands. How are you changing the system realistically where everybody's still making a ton of money? You're not overworking student athletes. Yeah. What are we doing? For me, yeah, what I do you would, want to see? I would so I don't mind doing the eight team expanded playoff, right? I don't mind doing that. But I'm taking the power five, I'm taking three of the group of six, whichever three I choose, and the people who get into the college football playoff are the conference champions. The end, no other questions about it. There's no at large bid, there's wow. no got voted in, there's no eye test. If you win your conference championship, you get into the college football playoff. End of discussion. If you don't win the championship, you're not in. Find yourself a bowl game. Okay, so uh, where? How many? How many teams did you have? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Having this we'll scenario. We'll do the eight teams. We'll do okay, eight. Okay, so eight. But the problem with eight is that there's, there's more than eight conferences. So now yes. you have to decide which conferences you're leaving out. So then then you still are getting into oh yeah a subjective game where you have to have people that decide but i mean who unless you're doing a, more than others unless you're doing a 20 game you know cuz there's what 24 different conferences when you count all of them or something like that there's a we're not going to have that many teams so you're going to take the and even if you want to do it like this the most competitive conferences over the past 20 years, and you can run all the numbers and do all the who's beating the number ones and the top fives and the this, that, and the other thing, and you add those eight conferences in, you're going to have your power five, three out of the group of six, because trust me, the group of six doesn't deserve to have all six conferences. Group of five, so there's Sorry, 11. Five, so so there's yeah. the power five, so they kind of spell it out for us. So the power five, the group, group of five. six, there's 11. Yeah. So you're leaving three conferences, so you have to eliminate three conferences. Yeah. Now you're, you're still upsetting people well, in this so what? scenario. I don't care how upset the Sunbelt Conference gets about this. <laughs> the Sunbelt, by the way, <laughs> which is where Coastal Carolina plays, so if you're you didn't allow right. the Sunbelt champion They're in, out. they would get screwed. Yeah. Here's my problem with that scenario, is that you're going to have upsets in conference championship games, and I'm not sure every conference champion deserves to be in the college football playoff. Let me, give you, let me give you an example. Northwestern is playing Ohio State. So if Northwestern beats Ohio State, you want to see Northwestern in anything that resembles a playoff? You're absolutely right. I don't. I, do. I, I don't. do. I have no interest in that. I am, I am raging against the machine. I want to see Northwestern in there, and I want to see if they can beat somebody else the same way they beat Ohio State. So you're, so you're just like, you're completely throwing the entire system that is the college football world that we know. You're throwing it away. For the most you part. You say, forget, I'm, I'm over college football the way it currently exists. Yeah, I'm done with the, this is the tried and true, and they've done so much throughout the course of the season. And I'm done with all that. If you get beat, you're out, period. Why don't we do this like we do this in every other sport? In the NFL, if you're beat, you're out, period. If you win your division, you're in. Period. It doesn't matter if you won your division at seven and nine. You won your division. You're in and you get the opportunity to play and compete. And if you win that first round game, that wild card game, you get to go to the division playoff. Like, I don't understand why we're trying to hold on to this, but they looked really good in week five. I don't care how they looked in week five, <laughs> right? If you don't win your conference championship game, then you don't get to play in the playoff. Even more incentive for Ohio State to make sure they don't aren't the team that gets upset by Northwestern. We do it in um, we do it in college basketball. If somebody gets knocked off, we root for that underdog. We want to see them go into the sixty four team playoff. We want to see them knock off that number one seed, that number five seed. I want to see the same thing in college football. It, I mean, and it. And it's a completely different sport. And I like the fact that college football is different. This is where I, I, I tend to get into the argument of the system isn't fair, the system isn't fair, yet eh, I don't want it to be, to be too fair. Because I like college football the way that it is. The college football is different and unique, and I think every sport should have that aspect, that the thing that makes them different, that sets them apart, that, that makes them unique and, and special. And college football has it. Yeah. The fact is, is that throughout the regular season, 
the, those games are by and large playoff games. Yeah. You have to win those. And it's not good enough to just play well enough to get to the conference championship game. If you want to be a champion, the national champion, you have to put together a body of work throughout the course of the season that, that states, I deserve to be here. Now, I think that the problem is I'm totally cool with that. And I don't want to see that go away. What I do want to see go away are a bunch of people sitting in a boardroom guessing as to who those teams are. So then, That's what I want to see go away. There's a way to accomplish both of those things. That's what I was going to say. How do you, say, how do you then determine what body of work carries the weight of saying, I deserve to be here, if there's nobody dictating or evaluating the body of work to say that you deserve to be here? I don't mind there being a committee. I think the committee should be comprised of different individuals. That's one of the things that I would do, is I would make it... Right now, you have a committee that's comprised of individuals that have allegiances to certain schools and certain brands, and even if they're not allowed to vote on those, they're like, Scott Strickland is the AD at Florida. He's on the college football playoff committee. What? You know, and there's a number of people like this. Condoleezza Rice was on the College Football Playoff Committee at one point, and this is this is a compliment when I say this about her. She doesn't need to be worried about that. She's doesn't she have? She's got other stuff that she she's got far more important things to worry about than whether or not Georgia is better than Coastal Carolina. So let's say we do this. What if in in I want unbiased people that have no affiliations to these schools sitting in a room, but I, there have to be check marks. There have to be things that they go by, okay, before we even get into the debate of is this team better than this team, did this team accomplish right. this goal? There has to be so, a benchmark for them to achieve. Exactly. Gotcha. So I think I'm with you. You should. You have to win your conference. However, you can't just win your conference and get in. So if you're... You know, I, I want to make sure I look at their record so that I don't say this uh, incorrectly. So, actually, I mean, Northwestern is 6-1, and one, so they're not a great example here because they actually have a really good record, and they're sitting 14th right now. But if you get to the conference championship game... With two or three losses. I think it, you should have to win your conference, but you can't have more than two losses on your record. Yeah. And that's the benchmark. Okay, now we start with those teams. Now at least there's structure to it. And then you can have the conversation of, okay, now we have the teams that meet those requirements, they're in. Who else deserves to be in? This the is... debate should still exist because the debate is a beautiful thing, but when we're just arbitrarily debating with no rules, then it's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree with you on that. There needs to be benchmarks and rules for you to get in, but this is what we should do, right? Let's just throw the whole system out. The whole thing completely eradicate what was, right? We take in and we still... Give the line of demarcation so you either have your six conference or your eight conferences or your 11 conferences, whatever your preference is. We'll figure out what that number is. And then you want a real selection Tuesday. The conference selects its representative in the college football playoff. Wow. The conference itself selects its own representative In the college football playoff. And they have to meet certain parameters? I mean, is yeah, there, they are can there do, benchmarks they or can, what? Well, they're, they're an independent body. They are their own city-state. They oh can my. draft whatever regulations they want for how you get selected. So the Big 12 can write up whatever rules they want for how the Big 12 champion gets selected to go to the college football playoff. But they have to choose 
whether they want to vote via schools, whether they want to have their own top 25, whatever they want to do, they get to choose and they select. We are presenting this candidate like the Olympics. We are presenting <laughs> this candidate on behalf of the ACC so you've to got, the college football playoff. So you've got eight, eight teams. You've got eight spots. Yeah. And they basically conferences submit like applications to the committee where we say, we're trying to get this team in. Here's their body of work. Here's their resume. This is why I think oh, they no. should get in. There's no committee. Oh, there's no committee. No, the ACC has sits around the ACC boardroom and has their own selection Monday and then they present that name on again, Tuesday and okay, says this is who's going to play for us. That idea is wacky, but I can follow you because we're having a wacky conversation. Yeah. How many teams? Well, that's the part. That's why I said we'll get to that part. Well, we got to figure out how many teams. That part. That's like step 1. Give how them, many teams are in the playoffs? 12 teams. But again, there are eleven conferences. So you're you have going... you have eleven conferences and one and one at large. And what, and so that was it. Was going to so do like an American the, Idol vote? Yeah, for that? absolutely. Why not? Whoever gets the most votes, the popular uh, vote. Yeah, the most popular vote. So I don't each conference that, is the electoral college, and whoever gets the popular vote gets the at large bid. There you go. Wow, wow! I did not expect the conversation to go that way. <laughs> I like six. Like, to me, it's six. Yeah, okay. That is the perfect. I do like six. The perfect, the perfect setup is eight. To me, eight is too much and creates too much controversy. Still, you're not ans- you're not solving problems with six. You actually solve problems and you keep the integrity of the regular season. You get one representative from each conference, including the best. Group of five team. There you go. So if they have to win their conference and then whatever, if you want to get people together so yeah. they can vote on which Why one gets not? to go, you know, they can meet in a boardroom and decide this is Cincinnati's turn or this is Coastal Carolina and they're the team they get the we get the one little underdog yeah. in there and the two top teams that deserve to be the two best teams in the country they get a bye week exactly and and then and I then like you that. have the four teams I like that because in the group of five there's usually not more than one team that really deserves to be at the party right. You know what I mean? So you give that one team an opportunity to be at the party. Then you get the conference champion from each or whoever from each one of the others. And now let's go play football. And so that's never going to happen. None of the things that we have said is what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, they'll probably just shoot straight up to eight and then leave everybody out still. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you would have, you'd have Alabama, you'd have Clemson, you'd have Ohio State, you'd still have the big dogs. Yeah. And then you have, um, and then you have your group of five, you know? And and that's and that to me is the way to do it. And still in my criteria, if you have a conference champion that doesn't meet the requirements, that's when you get at large bids. Right. That's when you get the teams that the when Alabama didn't win the conference, but they were one of the best teams. At that point, the committee can then go, well, we're still going to put them in. Yeah. And it'll at least you'll be able to stomach it a little bit more. I just want structure. That's all I want. I like college football. I love college football. I just think that this, we're trying to have a playoff. Let's actually have a playoff. The college football basically went, let's just, we want to expand from one championship game. Uh, you know, they used to just have like newspapers decide who the champion yeah. was. Uh-huh. Then they were like, okay, maybe we need to make a championship game. That was so much fun. They wanted to expand it, make it more inclusive. And they just kind of dip their toe in the water. <laughs> All right, let's actually do it. That doesn't mean you need to dive head first. You just like, can we put a whole leg in? Yeah. At least. <laughs> Up next, our final four things of the four o'clock hour next. You're in the zone with Brandon Kravitz on FM 96.9 The Game.
Our final four things of the four o'clock hour brought to you by Bay Hill Jewelers. Remember, you only have time for one stop. You got to make it count. Bay Hill Jewelers, Orlando's local family jeweler. Gift shopping doesn't have to be intimidating this holiday season. Two convenient locations to serve you, Dr. Phillips and Winter Park, and online at bayhilljewelers.com. Before we reset the show at five, let's hit on our final four things. Number one. Make you wait for it. You gotta want it. NFL holding off on the 17th regular season game for now. During a teleconference call Wednesday that replaced the usual December gathering of owners in Dallas, they opted to push back any move on the expanded season until early 2021. The NFL players, uh, the NFL and the players union agreed during collective bargaining talks earlier this year to add one regular season game to the schedule, but not before next season. So to be clear, it's going to happen. It's really just a matter of when and what does the scheduling look like. For me personally, I could kind of take it or leave it. I don't think the NFL needs another game. I'm with you on that. I'm not going to complain about it, but I also think it'll make me much less sensitive to the players that say, um, care about our safety. Because you just approved, you just approved another game. I also the only thing that I like about it is that it's going to leave the odd number up, right? So you're going to either be above or below 500. You're not going to come in at 500. Outside of that, I'm with you. I could take it or leave it. I could actually more leave it than take it because I kind of like it where it is. You know, expanding the season even longer. I don't want us to get to that place where we're making things much longer and much longer than they need to be, and now it's kind of dragging out and feels like. Ugh, Aren't we done with this yet? Shouldn't we be doing this by now? I feel like we've done that a little bit with the Super Bowl. You know, like, Super Bowl is in, like, mid-February now, when before it was close to the mid of January. And you get to the place in mid-February, you're like, we're not done yet? Like, yeah. are we still doing this? So, that's me. I do I, I do worry when whenever I see any expansion is, well, what it, what's next? Does that mean that we're taking another step? Right. That's one of the reasons that I'm not for an eight-team playoff. If you jump to eight, then people are going to want 12. If yeah. you move to six, then you can get to eight. That would be the next step. At some point, you got to cap it. Right. And the NBA isn't going to play any more than 82 regular season games. Major League Baseball is not going above 162. But are we at the limit for the NFL? I'm okay with where we are right now. They're going to add another game. It won't be that big of a difference. And I know that it's not cool to say this as a sports fan and certainly not as a sports talk radio host, but there is some fatigue that sets in at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. And you want to get to the part that matters quicker than... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's slower. Right. And that's the part that I'm talking about, too. I think getting to the part that matters quicker is better for the sport. You know what I'm saying? It's better for the sport. It's better for the fans. It's better for the league. It's better for the players. I'm not saying we shorten the season to, you know, 12 games or something crazy like that. But I think where we are right now is a nice little spot, and we need to be careful about how much more we add to it. I agree. Number two. 
The Magic take on the Hornets tonight, a game that you can hear right here on FM 96.9 The Game, starting at 7 p.m. Also, the first televised Magic game of the new season, so you can watch the action. Uh, David Steele and Jeff Turner on the call for both of those, the TV and the uh, radio call, albeit preseason. You can still watch Magic Basketball for the first time since, well, last, I guess a couple months ago, but <laughs> last season. Yeah. Uh, the Hornets have a new look, adding Gordon Hayward, also drafting Alonzo's brother LaMelo, third overall. The Hornets 0-2 in the preseason, but who the hell cares about preseason records? They look interesting, and largely because of the dazzling display of passing shown by their rookie, I looked at it, I looked at his stats because I've been I've just been watching Lamelo Ball highlights and right. he's been amazing me with what he does. His passing yeah. is at an elite level. It's fun to watch. But let me read you his stats: oh of five from the floor in game one, ten rebounds <laughs> randomly, and uh, four assists in sixteen minutes played. In game two, he was three of ten from the field, two assists, and three boards so he only had two assists and i think i saw both of them and they were both amazing <laughs> that's so, what i was gonna say it's the highlights the highlights the highlight. are getting you and they don't show the low lights they only show the highlights and that's why everybody thinks he's doing so great and you're like wait he only passed the ball four times right game. so i like what i've seen in the highlight version of Lamelo ball watch a little bit more of him tonight question is though you're watching a highlight package right would you rather watch Highlights of a highlight reel of amazing passes, big dunks, or long range threes. You're watching one highlight package. I'm from the 90s. It's big dunks all day. It's big dunks all day. I can, The threes would probably be a good second for me. Really? Yeah. I love good passing, but, you know, like I said, from the 90s, I watched Maggie Johnson do all kinds of passing, and it was never as great as Sean Kemp slamming the ball into somebody's face. You know, so... Yeah, big dunks for me all day long. I actually fall in the I like I like watching passing highlights more than dunking highlights. I would go passing one and dunking two and threes in a highlight. Mm. I can understand that only because dunking in games now isn't what dunking in games used to be. You know what I'm saying? In 2020, a dunk in a game is might as well be a layup. The way you nobody's throwing it down, nobody's three six. Like you know what I'm saying? It's just not the same. So I can understand that. But for me, a three-pointer, a real good corner of the wing, the pass came out right on mm. time, leaves the top of the key. You know what I'm saying? Those kind of things. Leaves your hand and silk and then just a nice, especially at a buzzer or something like that. No. Yeah, like give me we a, need basketball. I want a behind the back. I want a nutmeg. Give me all that. I love, I love good passing. Number three. Like the John Stockton of radio. <laughs> uh, speaking of basketball, my uh, Zoneheads fantasy basketball draft is tonight. A league that you declined to be in, Stefan, because you knew you weren't going to pay attention I to it. I was not going to pay attention to it. I knew that for as soon as you said fantasy basketball, I was like, they still do fantasy basketball? <laughs> <laughs> so... I sign up to be in it. You know, I am the chief zone head after all. Yeah. So I'm in the league. I like the idea. This is one of those things. We talk about this all the time on this show. The idea of something and then the practicality of it sometimes are worlds apart. Yeah. I love the idea of playing fantasy basketball. Yeah. Then I start and I'm like, and I forget. I just forget that I'm playing. <laughs> this is a 14 team league. Oh, wow. And I have the 12th pick. <laughs> what Why? the hell do I do? <laughs> Take the scraps and go, man. So You, you waiver wire that bad boy. That's what uh, you do. I guess. 
So um, I was looking at some rankings. We can decide here who I should draft in my upcoming fantasy basketball draft. All right. The rankings for 2020-2021, James Harden at one. Yeah, not no sure I'd go. <laughs> not that I. Not that he'll be there for me at 12, but if I had the first overall pick, I'm not trusting James Harden. Not a chance. Okay, Anthony Davis is two. Luka Doncic is three. Carl Anthony Towns, four. The Greek Freak is five. Nikola Jokic, six. Followed by Steph Curry at seven. Damian Lillard at eight. Jason Tatum at nine. I still am not on the board yet. (laughs) Trey Young at ten. Kawhi Leonard at 11? No way I'd draft Kawhi Leonard. This guy takes too many games off. Number 12, LeBron James. LeBron, I would, draft, talking. I would draft you, even if you're not going to play until January. And then how about this? Devin Booker, they have at a 13. Joel Embiid, 14. Kevin Durant, 15. I can get two good players here. You I'm going to get two really good players. Yeah. Because it's a snake draft, so I'll have the 18th pick, too. It doesn't matter what who you get because... Three, what, three, how many, how long? Three weeks in? Four weeks in. When you forget that you're playing fantasy basketball. And then remember again seven or 12 weeks in that, oh my God. Oh no, I'm in last place. What happened? Text in, how many weeks will I care about this fantasy basketball league? 50857 on the Academy Sports and Outdoors text line. What are the chances? Like, give me a percent chance that I make it clean through the season having stayed on top of it throughout the entire 72 games. Oh, I'm going 8 to 10% max all the way through with every game, like waiver wiring when you need to, shanking your bench. Just at the very least, setting my lineup. Setting your lineup every week. Every not every week, every other day. I don't know what the setup of this league is. I'll oh, have to learn is, as I go. Yeah, I'm no, not going to read on it. Not I five percent. I'm sorry, it just dropped a little <laughs> bit. Vegas has moved the line. <laughs> I I'm, I'm actually surprised you gave me that much confidence. Number four. We'll end with this. You love some New Year's resolutions, right? Who doesn't love a good New Year's resolution? You're a motivational guy. I feel like you're. We don't know this about each other. That you're either a New Year's resolution person or you're not. Uh huh. Actually, I guess there is a middle where you set them and then you never follow through. <laughs> right. Yeah. So there are three types of people. There are those that set them and do them. There are those that set them and forget that they set them. Kind of like your New Year's resolutions are like a fantasy basketball. Like you <laughs> right. love the idea of it. You've got them all lined yeah. up, ready to go. Right. And then there are people that just say, forget it. What are you? I am actually a New Year's strategy guy. Like, I legit, before the New Year, usually a day or two before, set an entire strategy, an entire outlook of what I want the next year to look like. Here are the things I want to do. This is what I want to purchase. This is where I want to go. This is what I want to accomplish. This is who I want to become in the next year. And I set out a path that says, here are the steps that I believe I'm going to need to take in order to get there. And then I put it on a great big yellow post-it note in my house, and it sits on the wall, usually makes it a good six months on the wall before I start making some adjustments based on how the year's gone so far. I think that's an important part of New Year's resolutions is being active with it. If you just set it and say, I'm going to do this, that's not how life works. Not at all. So you have to adjust things, but you're all losing in the game of New Year's resolutions to Stefan. (laughs) You guys realize that, right? We're all losing in this game. (laughs) Stefan is winning. I'm not sure what his prize is. (laughs) Success, maybe? Maybe. Check my Facebook memories on January 1st. We'll see how I did. (laughs) I love setting New Year's resolutions. I always do it. And one thing I, for the most part, 
I set the bar a little bit low. Really? I, I just want to be able to set something and accomplish and it have happen, and yeah. follow through. Like, yeah. I don't go, I think people, the problem that a lot of people get into, it doesn't mean I don't have aspirations, but if you're, you should have aspirations, not just because it's the New Year's. That's right. my general thought on that. But I do think New Year's resolutions, it's a good time to reset, say, I'd like to accomplish this, and give yourself something small-ish, something that, that's achievable, but that is going to take a little bit of work. I think people sometimes shoot for the moon, and then they get frustrated by February, and they forget. Do you want to know something interesting? I actually do three New Year's resolutions a year. So I do one at the end of the calendar year. I do one in September, Rosh Hashanah, and I do another one um, in Nisan in March. I do one for each wow. one of those areas. You're checking all the religious checking boxes. Checking all the boxes, baby. Well, some of the more popular ones that are out there, uh, to get more sleep, obviously to lose weight, that's yeah. the biggest one. Find balance at work, that'll be a big one for 2021. Got that right. Uh, save more money, be more organized. Be Now, back to In the Zone with your host, Brandon Kravitz. Welcome back to In the Zone. We're got you live until 6 p.m. Brandon Kravitz here along with my co-host and producer, the people's champion of radio, Stefan, joining us. We are the biggest. We are the best. We are the only sports talk afternoon show. We got a couple things, Stefan, that are sticking. Yeah, we do. This, and that uh, one's a good stage. one, too. That one's going to hang in there for a while. I can see a shirt, us pumping out an In the Zone shirt, biggest, yeah. best, and only. Biggest, best, and only. That's I a good like one. It. Yeah, we're going to have to put that into motion. All right. I like it. Write that down. I'm afraid I'm going to forget it, and I really <laughs> like the idea. You can become a Zonehead on Facebook, join in the daily fun, and uh, when we do get those shirts developed, Zoneheads are going to be the first ones that get them. I can guarantee you that. Got that right. We'll get you covered on a variety of devices. You can listen on FM 96.9 AM 740. Find us on your smart speaker, iHeartRadio, you name it. We are there, and we'd love to catch up with you on the text line as well, 50857 on the Academy Sports and Outdoors text line. So I shared earlier in the show, and I'll share briefly with you now, my potentially, my my close, mortifying story was I was inches away from destroying my career. I've done what I've needed to do to get to this point where I'm in a leadership role at the station, I'm the host of the afternoon show, things are going well. For Brandon Kravitz. Yeah, you've walked your way up that door and through that door and up that ladder. I feel good. Yeah. Okay? Things can go awry at any moment, but right now, I am I feel good. Yeah. And part of that is now I'm getting invited to exclusive company events. Exactly. And last night was one of them. The boss of the boss of the boss had some people over. There were about eight people there. Okay? So we were in COVID protocol. Yeah. Eight people there. And... um the party I thought started at six. That's what the original email. That's what it said. I don't and know if I, that's true. I don't know if that original email said six. I'm pretty sure it said six. I think you added that part. <laughs> anyway, you kind of see where this might be going. So I actually do the. La- I'm so committed to getting there on time, right? That I actually do the last segment of our show on the phone. Stefan yeah. was still in the studio, and I was traveling down four thirty four, and uh, I pull up right at six o'clock. There's not a single car in the driveway. There's not a single car outside on the street. 
And I'm thinking, man, like I was worried I was going to be the first one here. And so I had to kind of sit there and battle with myself. Am I going to be the first one at the party? It's kind of lame. But I'm already here. I might as well just go in. Party starts at 6. Yeah. So I turn the car off, and I grab my door handle. And it was that moment where, like, really, there was that little voice in the back was like, dude, you realize something's off here. (laughs) I'm so glad. And I took my hand off the off of the door handle and i looked at my phone and i looked at the event and it said 7 p.m and it is six on the dot and i'm like man i was that close to getting out of my had i gotten out of the car i think at that point i'm committed oh yeah and i'm you're walking. absolutely committed because once you get out the car you're going down that driveway yeah you know what i'm saying and it's ding dong and some silence as you wait for someone to come to the door and then there's the do i ring the doorbell again i know they had to hear it i heard it right Ding dong. Imagine I just think, okay, well, I just walk in. Oh, man. (laughs) What are you doing here? Um, I just wanted to let you know that I no longer work at iHeart, and I really really appreciated the employment. Yeah, I appreciated the opportunity. I thank you for this time. Wow. And I will see my way out now. That's right. You have no idea how glad I am that the little voice, the little man in you spoke up and said, hey, Check the invite, numbnut, because yeah. you're about to walk in, and they're going to move our station. Now we got to move studios? <laughs> we were fine. We didn't have to move studios before. Everybody else is getting renovated. Now we have to move studios. They're going to put us in a little closet. Why? Because Kravis decided to show up an hour early for the Christmas party. That's right. Yeah. And uh, so I drove around. I got some gas. I looked at uh, some Christmas lights. It was, you know, just wasted some time. So I never needed to leave. That was one of my big takeaways, too, is I left. The, I left. I, I left you high and dry in the last segment. I'm like, yeah. I could have just stayed here. Yeah. You could have stayed. You could have went to the house. You know what I'm saying? Changed clothes yeah. properly. You I could have I mean? seen got my you. family. Yeah. <laughs> I totally screwed up last night. Uh, tonight, we get some football, though. Uh, on top of the basketball, we got coverage for you starting at 7 p.m. Actually, the coverage really starts at 6. It's a full hour of Magic Drive Time coming your way at 6 o'clock with Dante Marcatelli and Jake Chapman. That'll lead you right up to tip-off of Magic versus Hornets tonight, and we've got that coverage for you here on 96.9. Chargers Raiders tonight as well, so we've got a loaded uh, deck for sports fans out there. Level of interest. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the game, Stefan told me earlier it was, I think if I remember correctly, a Three out of ten. That's right. Is that right? A three okay. out of ten. And uh, I, I agree. As football games go, now three out of ten. It's all things you judge it all relative because right. we're still going to watch it. But the Absolutely. Raiders should be one of those teams, and I say that because I think they're positioned as one of those teams. But they might be the most faux relevant team. In the NFL, where we're tricked into thinking that they're important because of the black and silver, because of John Madden, the mystique around the team and what they did, what seems like ages ago, more so in the 70s than anything else, the black hole, Al Davis, just win, baby, all that stuff. But they haven't done anything since 2002. They played the Bucks in the Super Bowl that year. Since then, they've been to the playoffs one time. Mm. That was in 2016. They lost in the first round, so they haven't even advanced since that 2002 year, 
They went 7-9 and nine last year. They're about to finish with the same record this year. They've lost three of their last four, and that one win that they got in their last four games was against the lowly, pathetic Jets. So they've blown their opportunity because this is one of those teams, they get in the playoffs, and all of a sudden, every sports talk station around the country is talking about the Raiders. Oh, yeah. And all that. You know, you hear Chris Berman grovel in his voice. <laughs> And and they're just not that team, and they're never that team, and, and and they're not alone. I mean, the Cowboys are on that list, the Browns are on that list, and the Browns are actually coming through this year. Why do we continue to do this, where we attach ourselves to these brands, and and we and we put them on a pedestal that they don't deserve to be on? Yeah. Why? I it's, don't get it. It's because we need that. We need that as people. We need that as leagues the nba has done it they've attached themselves to certain brands the lakers the celtics for a while it was the bulls when they thought think about it when the nba thought that the bulls were about to be relevant again when the nba thought the bulls were about to be relevant again all you heard was chicago bulls talk that's all you heard and so we do that in each league and in the nfl it's no different in the nfl there are certain iconic brands that the nfl wants to be successful right they want the cowboys to be successful they want the packers to be successful they want the bears to be successful and i think the raiders are on that list they want the raiders to be successful i think if you had a second tier of that list you would add the patriots the steelers and that's the list the nfl does not care about anybody else if you come in and you make it all and you do great and you're awesome wonderful they will promote you you'll get your team jersey will be on the commercial with all the other team jerseys but they want these particular brands to be strong and they've been waiting and clamoring Mm -hmm. and desiring for the raiders to be that they have moved the raiders what seven times to try to get the raiders to be relevant again and whether it was L.A., then to Oakland, then back to L.A., and then to Las Vegas. It didn't matter where they put them. They weren't that team. And they're always giving you that little morsel like, here we are. A couple yeah. of years ago, they make the playoffs. They're interesting with Jack Del Rio, and then uh, that's not. No, and then they have yep. Derek Carr. And yeah. it's like, okay, they got their quarterback. Oh, maybe not. And then they add, and then so they start slipping back into irrelevance, and then they add John Gruden as yes. their head coach. And there's always that thing. That yeah. makes you think that this is a team that we should care about until they hit the field and they remind you that they're the Raiders and this is one of the most irrelevant franchises in the NFL year in and year out. And yet you would never know that by pay, paying attention to the national media. The idea that the Cincinnati Bengals have been more relevant than the Raiders have over the last 20 years, if somebody just told you that, you would swear they were a liar. Yeah, and they're not. Yeah. And the Bengals had a run where they were in the playoffs every year. Exactly. With Andy Dalton as yeah. their quarterback. Yeah, and 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 they're not alone. I don't know why we do this, but it is something that we do. Something to think about around the corner. I don't know that 2020 is the best time to open a restaurant, but uh, that's what Deshaun Watson and friends did. We'll talk about that one next. Welcome back to In the Zone, your afternoon drive companion. And now let's send you back to the studio with your host Brandon Kravitz. You can make picks against us here on 96.9 The Game. Football picks every Thursday. Actually, this will be your last Thursday. This is the last Thursday night football game of the year. Yeah. Is that depressing to you? Thanks for the reminder. 96.9thegame.com slash pigskin. We just found out that Terrence Ross is going to play tonight for the uh, Orlando Magic. He's been dealing with an injury 
And uh, good to see him back out there. The season hasn't even started yet. It starts on Wednesday, by the way. Yeah. And um, and so I, I wasn't sure when he was going to be back out there. The fact that he's able to play, he's going to be on a minutes restriction, but it's the preseason. Who isn't on a minutes restriction is a really good sign. You want to have as many people out there as you possibly can. You already have an entire season without Jonathan Isaac. Yep. So We thought it was going to be a yeah. little while before we saw Terrence Ross. So that's a nice that's little feather like. in the cap, yeah. His injuries sounded a little more serious than that, but I guess he's doing all right. The Magic have a chance to shock people if there are three ways to do it, because we kind of already know so many things about this team. Markel Fultz could take a big leap forward, and I'm not saying that any of this is going to happen. I'm just saying this is how the Magic shock you this year, is if they take a big, is if he takes a big leap forward, if Cole Anthony and or Chumo Kiki can make an impact, not just play. Right. I think they'll be good enough to do that. But if they can make an impact and really take over as one of the better players early on in this team, then all the other pieces, that, that buzzword that you're going to hear constantly about continuity, yeah. there is something to that. Oh, yeah. Because there's so much, there's been so much movement, so much, everything's been so speedy and getting up to the start of the season that continuity is going to help. You can't just have continuity. Right. You have to have that plus splash, and one of those three guys is going to have to deliver it, or maybe two out of three. I think it's going to be two out of three. Two out of, th- two out of those three guys is going to have to deliver the splash, and I think they're going to have to rotate who's going to splash. Like, you splash for the first third of the season, I'll splash for the second third of the season, then hopefully we can splash together for the third third of the season. You know what I mean? But it's going, and that is also going to have to be part of the continuity because if you roll into the season and you're really just looking at an opportunity to be as good as you can be, you know, give it your best effort, work hard every night, that kind of crap, it's not going to, it's not going to end up well. So there's uh, this story that was popping up out of the NFL where Deshaun Watson co-owns a restaurant in Houston now and was uh, attending the grand opening of his restaurant, and at least six Texans players joined Deshaun Watson to uh, to be there for the, uh, the jubilation of the opening of this restaurant. Well, that's against NFL protocol. Yeah. Now, it's hard for me to blast this, as I was at a party last night with eight people. <laughs> uh, but I would assume that there were more than six I guess with Deshaun Watson, that'd be seven. That's just the Texans portion. That's right. not whoever else was at this restaurant. But either way, they're trying to protect an NFL season. I'm sitting in a studio by myself, so it is different. Yeah. Uh, you're not allowed to gather in a situation like this with more than three players. They doubled that, and now the NFL is investigating this situation. Mike, go ahead. I was just going to say, first of all, they didn't have to use the words, we're investigating the situation. Like, But I understand why they did. And listen, the protocol is the protocol. And, and whether we agree with it, whether we believe it's realistic or not, he's he is putting his team at risk and being in a situation like that with more than the three players because if one of those players comes in contact with someone and then becomes COVID positive, now you've got another five, six players that have been in contact with you, and you now have to be restricted and in quarantine. And all of you, like, it, we've seen that ripple effect. All you got to do is look at what happened to the, to the Ravens, yep. who have just placed two more receivers on the COVID-19 list this past week. You look at what happened to them the week they played the Steelers, and you see how fast that ripple effect can go. So I get why the NFL is like, come on, man, what are you doing? Like, 
And this is part of the concern is that you've got three games left in the season. The Texans are eliminated from the postseason. There's nothing they could do to get in. And there are a lot of teams, the teams that fit into that category are piling up. The Chargers, the Jags, the Jets. And at what point do these players just stop caring? They're mentally checked out, so they go and do whatever they want. Now you're putting the league in jeopardy because you don't care anymore. And that was always the concern. This is actually... The most dangerous time of the year for the continuance of the NFL because of situations like this. Yeah, you're going to get these guys who are like, listen, I'm not in the playoffs. My season is wrapping up. I'm not. There's nothing. They're going to look at it from the standpoint of there's nothing for me to protect, but they're looking inside their bubble of nothing to protect. But then once the Texans get out there and play against whoever, if there's a transmission from them to whoever, now it like we said, that ripple effect yeah. runs way too fast. The good news is we haven't seen a lot of that, so that's all just speculation. I, st- I still blame the Titans. It, they started it. it. They did. They started it. Yeah. Now I'm not sure if this is as part of this story. If this is good news or or dumb news that Deshaun Watson is the co-owner of this uh, of this restaurant that right. just opened. Why would you want to open a restaurant in 2020? I mean, I guess it's a good sign that somebody feels confident enough to do that somewhere. But restaurants are struggling. They are. That's one of the industries that's been hit the hardest. You're absolutely You're just trying to keep the restaurants that exist right now are trying to stay afloat. Yeah. And now you're opening a restaurant? Why did you open it? You talk about something I would not do right now, be open a restaurant. And I thought, like, okay, he's an NFL player. Super rich. Yeah, just an investor on something that was happening. Well, I was thinking that it was going to be like a Houston, Texas-sized steakhouse. Oh, okay. Gotcha. It's a Philly cheesesteak place. Really? Yeah. Are you serious? (laughs) Are you serious? It's called Lefties, and uh, their tagline is, not just cheesesteaks. Which is a weird tagline for a place that <laughs> sells cheesesteaks. But, uh, yeah, let me read you their menu. It actually sounds pretty good. They have this one called the Big Papa. Ribeye uh-huh. rib uh, steak, grilled onions, yellow American cheese, pickles, Thousand Island dressing. They have the Munchin' with Michael. Uh, fried popcorn, chicken, uh, lettuce, tomatoes, buffalo sauce topped with ranch dressing. It looks really good. It sounds like a Publix chicken tender sub. That's kind of what these look like. Yeah. They have the Italian Stallion, which is kind of what you would imagine that would be. They have one called the Winfrey uh, with shaved chicken, grilled onions, pepper jack cheese, lettuce, tomatoes, jalapenos, and uh, I love a good chipotle, a, a chipotle aioli to top it off. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not hearing anything special here. I'm hearing a bunch of sandwiches that I've kind of heard other places, just different dynamics of what they've got in them, but I'm not hearing anything that says, wow, really, that sounds like something I'd really like to try, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a sub-sandwich burger place. Yeah. Way to go, Deshaun. I just don't know why you would open a restaurant in 2020. It just baffles me. Yeah. It's I, a very weird decision I've got to, make. to imagine it's something that was already cooking in 2018, 2019. They got the approvals that they needed, the city ordinances that they needed. You know what I'm saying? They broke ground, this, that, and the other thing. And the train was moving to such a degree that it was like, well, instead of us just putting a pause on it and having a half-finished building, yeah. let's just go ahead and open it up. We'll open up at a reduced capacity or reduced staff or whatever, and then we can kind of grow into this thing. I'm hoping that's the mentality that they use. I'm surprised that uh, Tua wasn't the main investor, given that the place is called Lefties. Am I right? All right. Yeah, no. Nope. No. 
not liking that one. That one didn't hit. Is confidence restored on, in the Bucks? We'll find out about that one next. 5-7. Don't be fantasy football guy. I can't take any more of this guy. Be fantasy football. God. Get all the best info right here on In The Zone. Chargers Raiders tonight, some AFC West action on a Thursday with no Tuesday night football this week. I feel like I haven't watched the NFL in decades. Let's chat about it with this man, Sam Monson, NFL analyst for Pro Football Focus at PFF.com, co-host of the PFF NFL podcast. Sam, we appreciate you filling in for Austin Gale once again. Sure. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Let's start with tonight's game. The uh, Raiders uh, were looking like one of those teams that was turning the corner they've now lost three of their last four and that one win was against the jets what happened and what is this team really yeah and probably tossed away their best hope of making the playoffs because of that bad run um really their defense has been the thing that let them down i know their offense cooled off over that period as well you know against the falcons they were pretty well eliminated but the problem has been on defense um, the offense is by and large held up his, uh, its end of the bargain and looked pretty good most of the time. Um, Derek Carr, I think, is the second best graded quarterback in the NFL on third downs. They've been doing a good job, but the defense can't stop anybody. They can't rush the passer. They can't cover anybody on the back end. And those are some pretty big problems for defense in 2020 when, you know, the NFL offenses are exploding and just putting up points and yards across the board. And it's been getting steadily worse over the past couple of seasons. This defense is heading in the wrong direction, despite a pretty significant amount of resources being thrown at it when it comes to the draft in particular. How much of that do you put on John Gruden? It's such a big name, and that was a big hire, massive contract. Is he an elite-ish coach at this stage in the game? I mean, ultimately it comes down on him because he's the head coach, but he's an offensive mind um, at heart. You know, most of what John Gruden has always done has been on the offensive side of the ball. And as I said, that side has been holding up its end of the bargain. It's been doing a good job. And using our kind of play-calling metrics, John Gruden's actually one of the, the better offensive minds in the NFL this season. The issues have been on defense, and, you know, the Raiders have kind of, pointed their finger at who they believe the issue was when they made a move in and firing their defensive coordinator last week. Um, but ultimately, you know, this is John Gruden's responsibility as the head coach. It just remains to be seen whether that kind of move will actually change the direction of things for the team. A question we've asked a couple of times since the draft, I'll pose to you. If you could choose between the two right now with everything that we have at our disposal, everything we know, are you taking Justin Herbert over Tua? Yeah, yeah. I think Justin Herbert over Tua, given what we've seen from them both, is not a wild take anymore. I think Tua was the right call before the draft. Um, even with the injury history, I think he was a much safer pick. But we've seen Justin Herbert just dramatically exceed all expectations. I know a lot of what he's done has been unsustainably good in that he's been exceptionally good at the areas of quarterbacking play that we know are not stable year to year, that we know um, regress from one extreme to the other, whether it's a really high level back into something more mutter or whether it's a, a particularly bad level up to something more sensible. Um, so I, I don't know that we'll see him play this incredibly well all the time, but he's already kind of answered a lot of the questions people had about him as a prospect at draft time. And to a, 
has been, I guess, as expected so far, which is to say you don't usually expect that much from most rookie quarterbacks, even first-round guys. Um, but I think you have to lean towards Justin Herbert, given what we've seen from both guys at this point. We're talking to Sam Monson, NFL analyst at Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. Jalen Hurts put together an impressive first outing with the Eagles. Do we now have enough evidence to support that Doug Peterson is just simply a better football coach when Carson Wentz is not his quarterback? Um, I think that's a little bit reductive, uh, but I think clearly benching Carson Wentz right now was the right move. Um, if only for Carson Wentz's sake, you know, whatever his long-term prospects are, him trying to carry on the way he was playing was not helping anything. It wasn't helping the offense. It wasn't helping him and his long-term future. He was just getting further and further down this path that is not going anywhere productive. And he was just becoming more of a broken quarterback by the week. So sitting him down, I think, was the right move for his future. It's the right move for the Eagles' future. Um, and not necessarily because they're going to go to Jalen Hurts, a quarterback, but because that's the only way of recovering Carson Wentz is to have this hard reset of sitting him down and trying to build him back up from you know piece by piece. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know that Jalen Hurts is the answer or a silver bullet to anything that ails them. But clearly Carson Wentz was, you know, just playing at such a level that everything else around him was also going to struggle. Do you believe that he can be revived or do you think this is kind of just what he is at this point, that the book is out on Carson Wentz and he's just not that good anymore? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I can think of quite a lot of quarterbacks that, you know, somewhere along the line became broken from a, a fundamental standpoint. And it's very hard to think of many that were then pieced back together again and became good players after that happened. You know, Wentz looks really bad right now in terms of every element of his process is off and not functioning and just causing problems across the board. You know, maybe you can tear that down and start over brick by brick and from day one again. But I don't even know if that's possible in today's NFL where you have limited practice time and, you know, you don't get an endless uh, sequence of, of time and practice sessions to to work on things like that. So it's going to be a hell of an undertaking for them to try and piece him back together, given how badly things are going right now. A couple more things for you. Did the Bucks do enough in their win over the Vikings to restore any lost confidence that you might have had with that team? No, it's not their fault, but I, I just don't think the Vikings challenged them enough for you to learn anything necessarily out of that game. Uh, it said more about Minnesota's deficiencies than it did anything to do with the Bucks. They did what you would expect, which is to beat a team that can't rush the passer, push Tom Brady four times all game long, can't really cover that well in the back end. Um, so I, we're going to learn about the Bucks when they have to face teams that can cause them problems Um on defense, on their side of the ball, and see if they actually have answers for the things that are throwing at, thrown at them the way they didn't when they faced the Saints or teams like that. Uh, I just don't think Minnesota had enough in their defensive arsenal for us to learn that much about the Bucks' offense. Two teams that have beaten the Bucks this year face each other, the Chiefs and the Saints. This might be the game of the year, a preview of the Super Bowl perhaps. Do you think the Saints have what it takes to really, if both teams are playing at their best, do you think the Saints have enough to really compete with what Kansas City brings to the table? Probably not with Taysom Hill, a quarterback. And I think that's the big issue is that the Saints playing at their best doesn't involve Taysom Hill 
being on the field as their starting quarterback. But that's the situation they're probably going to be in while Drew Brees still works his way back from the 11 broken ribs. You know, if they're going to win, if they're going to hang with the Chiefs, I think it's going to be by executing these long, meticulous, painful drives to take up 10, 15 minutes of game clock um, each drive. And that's the only way I think that they can limit the damage that the Chiefs are going to do. I think they should have some success with their defense, at least slowing down Kansas City. But at some point, you need to try and, you know, match them on offense or just keep them off the field and, you know, execute a painstaking drive yourself, which means that when you do steal a, a drive here or there by forcing Kansas City to punt or by getting a turnover, you know, it, it's actually, it actually matters because now you're really uh, reducing the amount of drives in the game by just keeping your offense on the field and theirs off it. Yeah, we saw that with the Miami Dolphins. They were able to do what they needed to do and then weren't able to capitalize, and the Chiefs go on and win that game. Sam Monson, NFL analyst at PFF.com, co-host of an incredible podcast, uh, updated every week, PFF NFL Podcast. Go and check it out wherever podcasts are found. Thanks so much, Sam. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. More In The Zone after this. Now back to In The Zone with your host, Brandon Kravitz. Magic tip-off against the Hornets at 7 p.m. We've got the coverage for you right here on FM 96.9 The Game. We talked to Zach Globner earlier in the show from WDAE in Tampa, and he was telling us that the Raptors have actually raised their championship banner from 2019 um, up at Amelie next to retired players of the Tampa Bay Lightning. I didn't care who it was next to. I was mad when he said it. I was so mad when he said it. How are you raising a championship banner in this arena? They're trying to feel at home, a little too at home. They're like the they're like the person you say you can crash on the couch, and exactly. all of a sudden they're bringing you know their ottoman. And... Yeah, they're like you don't mind if I stash this here, do you? Wait, that shelf on the fridge—that's where I put most of my stuff. That's cool, right? right? In, in your bedroom, your yeah. master bedroom. They're like, "That's my that's my drawer, actually." Yeah. And they're like, "You're you're supposed to move out in two days." <laughs> You don't mind if I put my stuff in the bathroom like this, do you? That's exactly what they're doing. It's terrible. Uh, let's uh, button up a couple of polls, shall we? Uh, which NFL team is the most faux-relevant rele- uh, faux on an annual basis? That's a word that I thought I made up, and then Stefan shot that out of the water. Uh, the uh, Raiders, Cowboys, Browns, or Bears? It's a landslide, by the way. Really? You know who they voted for. Who did they vote for? The Cowboys. Of course it was. I mean, think about it. The Cowboys haven't done anything since, what, we were in high school. Since I was in high school. At least the Cowboys with Dak Prescott, when he's healthy, have been a good football team. Yeah. But not that good. I don't know. I mean, they've they've been... Yeah, at least like regular season good. Yes, they have not had less. They haven't had what twenty seasons of five wins. What was it? They yeah, haven't had that they, eleven right. seasons in seventeen years. The Raiders have had with five wins or less. The Cowboys have been disappointing yeah, since Aikman retired. They haven't been that. They haven't been embarrassing this year. They are. I think it's the Raiders. That's my vote. What's your vote, by the way? I'll give my vote to the Raiders. Okay. The Bears are a close second, though. Yeah, I mean they've been to they went to the Super Bowl recently. And yeah, they had that, but, that great defense a couple of years ago. But outside of that, I every time I've watched, it's like we were talking about when the Bears were on prime time. We're like every Bears game is disappointing. Oh, they're Maybe all, that's they're all boring. Yeah. yeah, 
They're a very boring team. Uh, when playing fantasy basketball, do you typically make it through the entire season without losing focus on your team? Yes or no? What do you think the people of Twitter said? The people of Twitter said yes. The people of Twitter said no. Eighty-seven <laughs> percent of the vote Whoa. said no. So I appreciate the honesty. I thought that you got. I thought I was going to get a bunch of fantasy basketball nerds voting on this poll, and nobody else would care about Heck it. Yeah. And uh, well, apparently you guys are just like us. Let's zone out. Our daily zone out topic of the day brought to you by J. David Tax Law. Peace of mind, only a click or a phone call away. One of the reasons I love media and I'm addicted to this line of work is that it's ever-changing. I, I think it'll be easy for me to do this for the rest of my life because it's not boring, as long as the media allows me to do this for the rest of my life. And I don't mean the work itself. I mean in that like it's always changing, it's always evolving, and that's what excites me personally. Now, one day that will change, and evolution might be what works me out of the media business but i'm okay with that i signed up for this and that is part of the thrill for me is can i keep evolving and constantly moving with this moving vehicle right. can i do that yeah a while back i made a comment why are we even allowing reporters in locker rooms of these teams i remember that and oh the oh the media members were, <laughs> oh how dare you say that this is our line of work it was almost like i was a traitor Trying to ruin the industry yeah. by saying these words out loud. No one's been allowed in a locker room since March. Do you feel like, and you can say yes, because I, I think I know what the answer is. Do you feel like your sports coverage that you consume, and ask yourself this out there, do you really feel like it's any different over the last six months than it was before? Do you feel like you're missing out on something? I refuse to answer this question on the basis that it may incriminate my career. Because <laughs> the truth is, but we're no, moving with you're the vehicle. Not, it not, doesn't mean media's not going away. Yeah, there's that, that aspect of it was unnecessary, and the only reason it was done is because it's what people did. Yeah, and that's the worst reason to do something. Is well, that's the way it's been done. That's the way that we do things. Okay, but why are you doing it? Is it a necessity anymore? And the answer in these last seven months, uh-huh. seven, eight, nine, we're at nine months now, has been no. I, I've still, I'm still reading blogs. I still feel well informed. That we still are able to create great conversation. Right. So what's actually different? What what the, what access do you feel like we're missing out on that you need? Otherwise, the, the, the media world consumption for sports fans is just is lost. It's not. The argument is we don't know because we're not there to find out. You if do we know. were in the you, locker room, you do know nothing. We would is, hear the stuff that we're not right. hearing now. Nothing's changed. The reality is, Zoom media has changed nothing, and I think it upsets a lot of people. But it's true. That's the reality. Folks, that'll do it for us here on In the Zone today. Thanks for being with us. Catch up with the show. Find the podcast on demand or the best of the best channel available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, and on Spotify. We're back tomorrow, closing out the week strong. Football picks. Harry Gagnon's going to join us with his best bets. <clears throat> I may even deliver some locks of my own. We'll see. 
how that goes. Don't move a muscle. One hour of magic drive time with Dante and Jake comes your way around the corner. Plus, we've got Magic Hornets coming your way tonight at 7 p.m. with David Steele and Jeff Turner on the call for that one. So keep it locked right here. FM 96.9 The Game, Orlando's sports leader. We'll see you tomorrow, Zoneheads. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.